every great dream begins with dreamers. Tom and Steve are strangers in a strange land. Join them on the journey from ignorance to knowledge, one book at a time, one chapter at a time. All aboard the Blunderground Railroad. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Blunderground Railroad. We are trying to go from ignorance to knowledge, right, Steve? Well, we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> my name is Tom Smith, and my partner in crime, Stephen Hunt. Hey. We are in chapter number six, part two of Notes from Underground. Wow. Yeah, I'd like to say we're moving right along, but yeah. chapters get longer and longer and longer. Well, I mean... I. It, <laughs> You see, the underground man is going to open his mouth, and he's going to have a little bit of a of a soliloquy or like a sermon he's going off on, and I guess that's going to equate a long chapter. It's going to be a long discourse. Oh, when he starts talking, uh, all the thoughts that were in his head that took up like forever. So I can only imagine when he starts voicing them. Right? No, it's true. Yeah, yeah you know, and actually, that's a it's a very interesting thing that you say there because that uh, it. it it's a real big theme in the chapter. Um, I know. I saw I saw quotes, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, is this this is dialogue?" <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, I know dialogue. Yeah, and a lot of dialogue. Too. Crazy. I know. That's right. It's With a, a female, which scared me. <laughs> that, that's right. Like, oh man, you messed up socially with a bunch of guys. Mm. What are you about to do? Right. Right. <laughs> that's right. This is um, it's really interesting uh, because beforehand the underground man had gone through all of these discourses in his mind. Yep. When he was thinking uh when he's thinking about being with the guys, right? Uh, yeah, he went through every single possible scenario there ever was. Yeah, that's right. And he's thinking about Zerkoff and then he's he's kind of going back and forth and he thinks about uh what he will say and what Zerkoff will say and then what other the other guys will say. Mm-hmm. Uh so the underground man he goes through this in his mind and then he actually gets to you know the restaurant with he's with them right yeah i mean it doesn't go very well right no it sounded great in theory in practice not so well right sure did yeah (laughs) right that's right so the underground man doesn't even bother to open his mouth and when he does open his mouth he um he basically makes a fool of himself right yeah that's that was what i was worried about yeah yeah (laughs) i mean in this chapter though and, and this is kind of where like and i I think we're all guilty of this, all right? And I, I, I'm guilty of it, and I think a lot of people are. I suspect you are. I mean, you know, listen. What are you about to accuse me of? No, well, I'm not about <laughs> to accuse you of anything, and, and you know, it's always I'm not exactly sure, I, you know, how much I want to share, but we all do this, all right? And when you've been humiliated, because let's face it, none of us are exempt from humiliation, mm-hmm. and so when you're humiliated. I mean, some people are going to be more humiliated than others, right? Maybe for someone it's a yearly occurrence, and for other people maybe it's a monthly occurrence or what have you. But yeah, it depends on your level of pride, I suppose. I guess that's true. Yep. When you're when you're humiliated, it can be very tempting to try to find that power dynamic where you can kind of you know you you can kind of spread around the misery, right? You know. If if I'm gonna have to take it from you, then 
you're going to have to take it from me. Yeah, you feel like it has to equal out somewhere, I guess. Yeah, right. You know, so whether it be, uh, and I always felt, um, now that can happen in very familiar environments. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, between a man and a wife, like a spouse relationship, a marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you and I both work in the service industry. I know from working in the convenience stores, it would happen. I had many a time I would drive home and I would be thinking in my mind, about these customers that would come in and make, just make life really difficult. And they were really stressed me out. And I knew these people were not bad people. Like, I'm not driving home thinking, well, you know, this guy is a, is like an evil guy or he's, he's a devil. No, 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 no. I, 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 I would think that, man, this guy had such a bad day. He had to drive in and get gas and he just had to come inside and he had to find something (laughs) and, and make my day bad because it made his day just a little bit better. Yeah. 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 There, there are definitely people like that. Yeah. I don't understand it, but I, I can't say that I've done that. Like I've always, it's, uh, it's not really me trying to get back any balance of power. I go right back to the person that did whatever they did to me. And right. <clears throat> this is how it used to be. Right. I would I definitely try to get revenge. Yeah. And uh I I usually wasn't shooting for equal. I was usually shooting to go past that. Right. Um now it's it's rare that I get pushed to that. Mm-hmm. But if I do, I for whatever reason the Lord has made me remember vengeance yeah. is mine, says the right. Lord, I will recompense. Yeah, very good. So Amen. as many times as I want to get even with people, I don't. Yeah, right. I don't. There, and people may not see it. People may not see the restraint that I have. But I'm like, hmm, you didn't know the old me then. <laughs> I am very restrained. I don't. I don't try to get that back. Me personally, mm-hmm. but yeah, it seems that some people they for whatever reason, everybody's different. I guess they they that's how they make their their day better. I don't know. Maybe maybe those people are the the man of consciousness, I guess. But maybe, perhaps. I think the underground man talks about, um, in the chapter, he talks about uh, you know, controlling emotion, right? And yeah. he talks about, and I think that's kind of his, uh, his goal, is he's looking, to, uh, he's looking to have this kind of sense of, like, you know, there definitely is a sense of power where he, he's trying to invoke this response. Right. Yeah. With her. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And and it's very it's very interesting because I mean, eventually there is a response, right? But you know it, it's the underground man. There's a vast difference between the underground man who dominates this chapter, right? I mean, he just dominates the chapter, and then it's all him. And yet his reaction is you know is is not necessarily an authentic reaction. Okay. It's like it's all fake. Right, mm-hmm. like he says in the chapter, he says, uh, "He says I love children." Right? Yeah. Well, he's trying. Yeah, right. He, like you said, he's he keeps trying to elicit a response. If you've had enough conversations, and uh, for me, yeah, I was the talker all the time, and it's taken a long time for me to not to know to sit there and shut up and listen because it gets pretty interesting if you do. Yeah. But to actually practice it and do it. Yeah. And I'm still working on it. Right. But he's such a thinker that he knows this, it seems. So he says something and then, like, just waits and waits and waits. And at that one point in the beginning, like, it gets awkward. 
You know, so he yeah. has to say something. And then well, that kind of forces him into saying awkward yeah, stuff no, anyway. Yeah, no, it, it kind of does. Yeah, I mean, he kind of goes in interview mode, though. You know, he's kind of like, yeah. he's like in interview mode. He's like, oh, what's your name? Uh, where are you from? I'm like, well, what it's do your parents lot, do for a living? Well, right? A lot of times if you ask even a simple question of somebody, yeah, and then you wait after their answer for a few seconds, right? that awkward feeling will make them continue talking. Yeah. You know, it's something I talk about with my students from time to time as well, you know, being comfortable with silence, you know, that part of, you know, part of learning a language is learning to become comfortable with silence Mm -hmm. and and also being a good, you know, like you're never going to, you're never going to learn how to speak English in a day. So at some point as a learner, you're going to have to stop and think and figure it out and then tell and so you're never going to do that successfully unless you can become comfortable with the silence that that creates because the alternative is more destructive to the learning process than having to actually just do it or the alternative in real life will make you look a lot dumber than had you just said nothing i I can't get people to understand this i try over and over again you know i said you don't sound intelligent like don't make yourself sound like an idiot right just stop stop speaking for a second if if the, the awkwardness is much better than the alternative, like you said. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so the, you know, and it's it, everything, the underground man, everything he says is fake. And though, although, uh, although, uh, is it, uh, Lisa, right? The Lisa, the prostitute, yeah. Lisa says like, I think about what, five and a half words throughout the whole chapter, right? <laughs> like when she speaks, it's authentic, Right. Yeah, I mean, there's like this sense of authenticity to, mm-hmm. with what she says and experiences, and yet the underground man, I'm, you know, if I mean, if his words were, <clears throat> I mean, if if his words were nickels, you'd need ten banks to hold them all. You know, I mean, it just he he says so much, but none of it's authentic. Well, you have one person looking for attention, and another one who gets way too much of it that she doesn't even want. That's yeah. That's that's kind of. What I was thinking, yeah, when I, as as I was reading through, right. Oh, very. I'm good like, point. well, no wonder why she's silent. She's sick of talking to people out of compulsion. You know. Yeah. It's she probably would have some interesting things to say if it was a genuine relationship, whereas the underground man is like seeking a genuine relationship in any sort of way he can. Yeah. Uh, to the point where he's even willing to fake stuff to keep a conversation going. Yeah, it's like earlier in, 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 in the book, he was talking about his need for life, right? His need for, he was talking about his, his need, his need to be with people, right? Yeah. Because he's in the underground, he's in the, he's in the underground, but then eventually he can't stand it anymore and he has to engage people and he has to have this real experience. Like when he's going to the, the house of burlesque, he says, finally, real, he's going to live life, right? Right. And so uh, this is um, like, and, and again, like at the end of the chapter. So at the end of the chapter, Lisa, she basically pulls the under, she pulls the underground man's pants down in front of the whole class, right? She tells him, and she tells him, she says, you know, you sound like you're, you know, you sound like you're, you sound like you're reading from a book, right? And we know that from before, right? From before that the underground man does exactly this, right? That he does this. It's really interesting. This, um, well, she's probably pretty good at picking people out, you know. Yeah, exactly who they are. I mean, she deals with how many people a day. We don't. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, can, true. we can assume, right? You know, people from all walks of life. True. You know. Yeah. You get pretty good at picking people out. No different than the convenience store industry. Yeah. No, that's a good point. 
you know, people from all walks of life. You could probably, at the end of the day, you tell by what car they were pulling in and oh, yeah. how they were walking what their attitude was going to be when they came in. Oh, yeah, easy. Oh, easy. <laughs> yeah, easy. The gate. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, easy. No doubt. Yep. The uh, No, it's, it's true. You know, it, it's very interesting how it's, I find this real correlation, and I find it fascinating, between what the underground man does and what we do in our modern life. Like, people in our modern life— they they watch movies and they have their favorite actors and they they uh, on Netflix like they will uh, watch shows and they'll binge shows binge watch, and we have all these narratives that we end up playing out. You know these roles that we play out like after famous people, people are trying to be Kim Kardashian or they're trying to mimic their favorite politician, or they're trying to mimic uh, their favorite scene from a movie, trying to elicit those same things. It's whatever they idolize. You know, and it really is. The underground man idolized Western literature. And it's very interesting to note that this was a very popular trope at the time. All right. So in the in Western Europe at the time, one of the most popular things to write about in books and publish about was the the story this story of a redeemed prostitute. You know, this was a story of a, you know, down down on her luck girl, uh, you know, poor, wretched down on her luck girl becomes a prostitute you know doesn't uh, do, you know and then uh you know a guy comes along and and then she redeems herself right the redeemed the redeemed whore uh so this is kind of a this is a a very popular theme at this time and so the underground man would have no shortage of material at this point in his life to regurgitate this stuff like when she says you sound like you're 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 going from a book you know she's she may not have read the books, right? She may not be as intelligent as yeah. the underground man, yeah. but she knows what the prevailing stories are. And so the underground man at this point, because, see, here's the thing. The underground man wants life. He wants a real experience, right? But what other real experience does he know other than, in real life, other than, you know, bitterness and resentment? Yeah, no, that's about all he had when he was out and had his career. Pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, we, and we talked about that a little bit in the last show. Spite chapter. showed up, though. Again. The what's that? Remember Spite? 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 Spite showed up in this chapter. Again. Sp- yes. It was on the first page for me. Here, tell me. Yeah. No, it did, I'm just telling you, it showed up again. Yeah. I don't know. I was no, a, the Spite. No, but that's listing another No, but thing. you're right. You're right. The Spite is there. And see, the thing is, is that's, it's like, it's the feature, not the bug, right? The underground man can't be authentic without being spiteful. Yeah, and that's a rough position to be in. Man, it is a rough position to be in. Like, yeah, that's true. And, and that's the thing is like, like in the last chapter, in the last chapter, he was very authentic. He really was. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 a. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna slap Zerkov right. Yeah. He he hits the driver on the back of the neck. He starts punching him in the back. Go faster! He's punching him on the back of the neck. You know, he's disruptive. He's spiteful. He jumps out of the he jumps out of the carriage and then forces him to stop the mm-hmm. running the horses and and all that. So you know, the underground man is being absolutely authentic in the last chapter, mm-hmm. and he's a mess. Oh yeah, I don't know where the chapter is going yeah. at the end. Sure. Um, because it leaves off on such a cliffhanger. Yeah, it really does. You know, like he realizes that she like has this underlying um, issue where you know she has like no 
no dignity or modesty left in her, and she just feels used. And everything that you would think that somebody in her position would feel, um, she feels, and he recognizes it. And then he's like, wait a bit. I'm like, wait for what? Like, what's next? I don't know. So, right. you know, like, this was the biggest cliffhanger for me. It was, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what what happens now? Because last chapter, like you said, it was so much action. Yeah. I was like, Oh, sweet. Now we have now we have him chasing a girl. This ought to be really funny. Right, sure. You sure. know, because the guys they don't they don't care. You know? <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I've lived that out. Right. That, that whole experience. Right. You know, Got this this'll be funny to watch. Be a fly on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, I don't know. No, he says it here. He said like like he says, uh, he says here, like, even then, it says, misery and spite seem surging up in me again and seeking an outlet. Yep. You know, yep. misery and spite mm-hmm. just seem to kind of come up in him. But then there's only two ways, really, for the underground man to express himself. There's the authentic way. And fake. <laughs> right, fake. And through literature. And through literature. Well, Yeah. I mean the underground because well, the underground man in this chapter, right? He's talking about he's talking about all the these are vivid scenes, right? The underground man is not is not cheap on rhetoric, right? <laughs> oh, I mean, oh man, oh man. I mean, if he's he can paint a picture. I mean, I'm not concerned about that. I mean, the underground man can can be as descriptive as 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 anybody. I mean, he's very descriptive when he's talking about the families, right? He's talking about, but he doesn't know about any of these things. Right, because he's talking about the family, right? He talks about the family and dad, you know, and mom and the baby at the breast, you know. And he's yeah, there's, there's the knowledge of the thing, but <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, bring it on, yeah, and right, and that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. I know this exists, but I have absolutely no personal experience. Right. So I'll make it up as I go. Right. Which right. was easily pegged by her. Man, exactly right. The knowledge of the thing versus the the versus doing the thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I got three kids. You got five kids. Right. Yeah. Like we when we're talking about parenting, if you're I'm talking to you as a dad and you're talking to me as a dad, this is we're not talking about books that we read. I mean, we're both doing it right. When I talk to you about being a husband, you talk to me about being a husband, about being in a marriage. We're both dad. We're both husbands. We're doing it. We don't yeah. have knowledge of the thing. Yeah. You know, we have knowledge of the thing. Maybe right. that's why he's in interview mode. He's trying to learn about real life. Oh, yeah, right, right. He's trying to learn about real life here, right? But he can describe it. I mean, he can describe a family life, but the underground man doesn't have a family. I mean, he doesn't grow up with that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, I think that's all of us before we get married. Well, probably. We know. Yeah, no, probably. <laughs> I know about this thing. There's a ring. Some yeah, right, work. right. But we do a lot about that, though. We do we do a lot about that with, for example, with uh, with our with our politics, and we do a lot of it with uh, uh, even with people that we know, right? With people that we know, we say, well, let's talk about you know this particular people or this family or this person that I know, and I can uh, you know if so and so were only to do A B C D and then they did X Y Z, then everything would be perfect, right? Like, how do you know? Or with their politics, and that's another big one. It's a sacred cow if you get into people's face about it, right? People have opinions about policy matters, and sometimes, I mean, I'm sorry, but sometimes you're like, hey, listen, like, how qualified are you to be talking about this policy? Like, I know everyone has their their end desires about what they want the world to be like, 
But I'm like, hey, listen, we are not all qualified to go around and start telling people how to fix health care or how to take care of veterans or how to, you know, how to solve illegal immigration. You know? Yeah, with Thanksgiving coming up, it's a good time to remind ourselves not to fire up politics or religion conversations at the table. Boy, right. There you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you can have these you can have these outlets and then and, and where you're, you're talking about something passionately. But just because you're passionate about it doesn't mean that you really should be talking about it. The underground man should not be talking about loving children, okay? Because I, most people, you ask them, most people say, hey, if you had a chance uh, about uh, like a little kid, if I were to bring in a little kid, would you assume, would you love the kid or would you, you know, gargle the kid's, gargle the kid's blood and howl at the moon? You know, which one would you rather do? You know, most people, I would say probably 99.9% of people, maybe 99.9999% of the people are going to say that they love the kid. So, you know, the underground man, underground man also loves the kid. He says, I love children, right? What does the underground man know about loving children? Yeah, he's- He's got a general idea. It's just—it's all abstract, right? Yeah. And it's all from like you know, it's reading. And then like we in our current age, we get our ideas of risk and courage and love and sacrifice. These are all noble things, right? And they all come from movies. And, and we know that this has an effect on psychology because of ratings on games sure. and ratings on movies. Yeah. Yep. Right. No, no doubt. No doubt. You know, it's interesting, too, uh, in that even I know we do try to stick away from current events and, and sometimes we're successful and sometimes we're not. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's interesting. I was reading uh, very recently just about uh, employment. Right. And I think this is a longstanding societal uh, societal structure issue. So many of these there are so many broken homes. OK. In our country, in our society. There are there is so much there's so so big of a lack of security, okay, oh, yeah. that we have these young people growing up today, okay, they grow up without love, no love, no belonging, no structure, no empowerment, no encouragement. So as these young people get older and they enter the workforce, right, mm-hmm. now that we are in the situation that we're in where we're in an economy where there aren't enough workers for the jobs that uh, that are available these employees are demanding of employment what they never got in the family you know like the number one thing that most prospective young people want from a job mm, not by statistic no a sense of belonging you know an identity right ah you know, a sense of belonging. They want to belong. So they want to go to work and belong. Now, not that that's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. But, you know, your family, the first, when you were a child, the first place you're going to feel like you belong is with dad and mom and you with your family. And you're going to say, okay, this is my home. And this is where I belong. Dad and mom foster a feeling of belonging for kids, right? Well, if you don't have that, you're going to seek it in your work. Yeah. You know? that's That says a lot right there. That's deep. That says a lot about people who search out uh, identity as well. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, if you are a boy and you come from a house with no dad. You got it. Or if you're a girl and you come from a house with no mom. You got it. How do you know what you're supposed to be? Right. Exactly. You just, you're looking for the closest thing to you to grab onto. and you got it. You know, it's not always the best thing. Yep, you got it. You got it. And that's why, like, for example, I mean, you know, like in society, we get 
we get what we incentivize, and there's nothing that society can do that incentivize fatherhood and dads, right? You know, because you go into a corporation and you got one guy at the top who's saying, "I'm the guy," and everybody's gonna follow the guy, and if it doesn't work out, it's my butt. But if it works out, then I get all the credit, right? Hey, we all have that, right, mm-hmm. Dad? Right? In the home, right? right? And so when 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 the child when the child grows up with that. And then they see that they know what to model, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's it's wild. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, my, you know, my son and I share a lot of interest, and it's not lost on me. I mean, if I had decided that you know, w- you know, wheat farming was my great interest in life, then he would like wheat farming as well. You know, I mean, right? We all want to be like our dad, right? So, and and that's the cool thing about being a dad. But you know, people they look for these things in other in other identities. They look for strong, you know, strong senses. You know, they look for for things to fight. You know, dads mm-hmm. give their sons, you know, something to aspire to, something to fight against. You know, and and all and, and not because you know not necessarily because it's good or evil, but because they want to know that they're good enough, right? You oh know? yeah, yeah. And they want dad. You know, dad says, hey, you know, the, the battle we're gonna fight today is, uh, you know, we're gonna swim across this. Uh, we're gonna swim across the lake you know not every dad likes swimming you know i I certainly have never swum across a lake in my life but some people do you know and then when dad and son get done swimming across the lake dad looks at his son and says great job son and the son knows i was good enough and later yeah and later on in life you know maybe they don't want to swim across the lake but they'll they'll have learned that lesson that you can fight something and you can win no matter what it is they'll have had that experience of feeling the overcoming of something that seemed really difficult in the beginning because mm-hmm. you know there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of successful people that i know that their dads or they didn't follow in their dad's footsteps necessarily and you know just right. their dad was a carpenter you know they didn't sure. have to be a carpenter yep sure sure i know a very successful person that his dad was an insurance salesman well he does yeah. computer software right makes sure. more money his dad did yep but learned a lot from his dad about work ethic. Yeah, about work ethic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's very interesting too. Yeah, we we do. We get we get all those. This is we we need we need that sense to be able to work out those issues, right? And mm-hmm. do it in a place where we belong, uh, right? And for the underground man, underground man feels that there's that there's there's no there's no place in the world for him. He's convinced himself of that. That's the dangerous part he's in. I think it is. It is. And there's also a little bit of urbanization in there, too. You know, St. Petersburg, uh, Petersburg is not the ideal environment for someone like him to gain the experiences that he needs. No, that's 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 a place to get left behind. It, it's, it's too fast-paced. Too fast-paced. For him. Yeah. He's never going to catch up at that point. Um, right. I, I, I've, it's worse than if you just drop a, a country boy into the city. I mean, you just drop somebody from underground into the city. Yeah, ain't, ain't never seen no pace of life, you know, except except the the pace that he saw, which he never even learned to keep up with in the beginning, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd agree. That's not a good situation. No, no, it really, it it really isn't. There's no, there's no going back though. That's, that's, <clears throat> yeah. Not to bring up Iraq again, but no, but go ahead. For, for me, fine. that's the thing is there's, yeah. you know, I tell people that I, I can't unsee or undo the things I've seen and done. Yeah. Just sure. like him. The underground man cannot, Yep, he can't undo the experiences he's had. And the, like the dangerous part I say that he, he's at now is hmm. he's fully convinced of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, good luck convincing him otherwise, you know, right. of, of everything he thinks of every wrong he thinks he needs to write. 
Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or or it's kind of like trying to teach an old dog new, new tricks, like that there's a different way to go about conversation, probably taking the rest of his life to learn how to have a normal conversation. Yeah, right, exactly, and be satisfied with it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that goes right back to parenting and having a stable home. That's where you learn that stuff. Right, yeah, that's exactly right, yep. You know? Right. Yep, yep. If you're in a one-parent home and that parent's having to work 60 hours a week and yep, you're just kind right. of the latchkey kid, sure. where are you learning this? Right, exactly. From TV programming. There you go. YouTube. Yep. Instagram. There you go. Yeah, that's real. No, that's made. That's entertainment made for consumption. And it, perfect. You, you're not going to learn any <laughs> substantial lessons from this. That's why we have people doing the, the cinnamon challenge or whatever it is. Oh, like, so you, if anybody out there wonders why these people do this, that's the psychology behind it. Just so you know. Wow. This is what you get. When you go against God's plan. Yeah. Right. When when God put man and woman together, he yep. had a pretty good idea. Right. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You're supposed to be that way. Yep. I'm it is what it is. And you know the thing is is too is 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 you don't see the benefits until the end. You know, you don't know what God does in your life until you get to the end of the process. Yes. You know, yes. and whether it's it's it could be a marriage or it could be a family situation or even in like Iraq, right? In 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 terms of military service and being overseas, you know, and that's you know we see that in the story of Joseph in Genesis, right? You know, like Joseph when Joseph sees his brothers, even after all that time, Joseph's brothers are unrepentant. And they they still have tons of problems, you know. And so it's not about the brothers. Like it's not that the brothers were supposed to become these great people, you know. Joseph says, Joseph says, you meant it for evil. You sold me into slavery, and you meant it for evil. But God used it for good, right? You know, God had His plan to use it for the good of many people. Whereas the brothers were always just going to be, you know, that it wasn't about them. All right, that they're going to fix this one little thing. God, like in a marriage. I can say I've been married for 25 years and my marriage has been such a massive blessing to me. And I honestly had, I see every single blessing looking back. Right. Yeah. Like it wasn't like I got married for five years and I was like, Hey babe, now we've been married for five years. I can see clearly that the next 20 years are going to be full of blessings. Let me map them out for you. You you didn't have a vision. Oh man. No, is (laughs) it like, these are not star charts that we're dealing with here. Right. I mean, like these are not, it's not like I'm pulling out the star charts and I'm going to say, okay, well this is what we're going to do. And this is all the blessing we're going to see. No, I fought through all this stuff. And I said, at the time I just thought I was dragging myself into the mud, you know, Mm -hmm. but then you look back on it and you go, wow, man, God had all these blessings for me because now, I actually am the person that I am now. And a lot of the times, there are situations you didn't want want to be in. You you tried to avoid as much as you could and weren't happy about it the whole time. And you look back yeah. and you're like, yeah, I wouldn't have been prepared for where I am to be or where I am now. Right. Hadn't been for that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's really something to... And I think that's it, where the obedience to the process and doing what you're supposed to do, working through it, and then like Joseph, realizing that wow, you know, like me as a human may have you know may have meant something for 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 a particular purpose, but God in the short term, but God used it all in the long term for good, for the good of many. You know? Right. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Job. Yeah. Job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. My favorite glutton for punishment I like to bring up. That poor guy, man. <laughs> man. Whew. Wow. Yikes. Yes. So the uh 
So the underground man using literature. So you know we do this, and we have even work becomes proxy for a family, and TV shows become proxy for risk and courage and other and other values and virtues. The underground man, he he's working through literature, through stories. There's nothing authentic here, you know, and that and that there's there's it's not that he's wrong. I mean, when, you know, and this is a central theme for Dostoevsky, right? If you're going to be reading Dostoevsky books, this is a very common theme, okay? So you have one you have one person who's like really troubled and this person's like really I mean, they got problems and and usually they 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 want to talk about it. They they usually they they like hearing the sound of their own voice, you know, and then they're they're going to go off. And then you have another person. And the other person's kind of powerless, right? And doesn't really say much. And so there's, you know, kind of this, it's, it's very similar. It's a very common theme here. And, and it's not that the underground man is wrong. You know, it is better to be in a family, you know, and, 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 and the thought of the things that he says are true. And when he talks about the, the you know, for example, he's talking about the, um, the, the, the grave and then about, uh, about all these, uh, these different things. Yeah. And, uh, and then he, uh, he's, and, and so then he's, uh, but when he's doing it, it's all vivid, but it's not real, you know, and it's not. Yeah, well, the only reason he was using literature back then is because Twitter didn't exist. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Facebook didn't exist. Right. He was using his Times version of that. Yeah, no, no that's true. And, 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 but n- none of it is real, but he can describe it. So it comes off as real, but then it's not real uh you know so a lot of it has to shallow yeah it is but it's also it's shallow and then it's it's with this it's it's not facey he wants to live life but he can't reach people outside of spite you know like he can't like the the it's just interesting because at the end of the chapter right lisa she tells him something that is practical, measurable, and absolutely real. She says, you sound like you read from a book. You know, you sound like you're talking from a book, right? And the underground man, it's funny. What was the underground man expecting? You know, like, like go back to like where he was fantasizing about Zerkoff, right? And then he's thinking, well, what, I, I'm going to give this, I'm going to say these things. And then he imagines that, you know, uh, uh, they're going to beg his forgiveness or they're going to want to be his friend or that they'll have these other reactions. The un- the underground man here... I know he, uh, if she was going to laugh, he was, he was going to get mad at that. Um, he was going to get mad at that, but then again... That because that doesn't match up with his books, with the books, right? Right. So I think what the underground man's looking for is he's kind of looking for her to kind of acknowledge that it's fake, but then kind of play along, you know. And then I think we see this a lot in social media when you have these out these outrageous reactions because people know that what they're supposed to do, you know. Yeah. Like if if someone like and people will do this, I'll never forget. There was a time and I was on a social media site. And uh, I won't go into all the details, but I said something to another person, and then nothing happened, and and then nothing happened, and it was on a political thing, and I was talking about a, a policy, or I forget, I was talking about some specific political wise, mm-hmm. and then nothing happened, and I kind of thought that well, maybe you know, maybe 
I won, right? Maybe I won or, or maybe uh, this person's going to go away and I get the high ground. Well, anyhow, the person came back and they started hitting me with comments like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, man, these things are like really personal, right? Like, <laughs> like wow. I'm like, man. So, and I was no kind of- place to be brave like the internet. Man, I'll tell you. And then I got, so <laughs> anyhow, this guy, right? This guy- had gone and looked at my profile and had looked up every single comment I'd ever made on anything. He had gone through and he had tracked me down. Like, and he had, he, this guy had looked at everything I'd ever done and he had extrapolated like what things that were important to me. And then he proactively, without even trying to be, all right, he just attacked. Like, and then I'm like, man, this guy getting real personal real fast. And he was out for blood. I mean, the guy actually wouldn't even respond to me until he had done his research, and he was coming at me with brass knuckles. Oh, yeah. I mean, right? Wow. Yeah, welcome to the internet. Yeah, man. <laughs> wow. It was, it was, hey, you know, on the internet's forever. Wow. <laughs> so, man. So, you know, the, the come in, and so. He forgot about you five minutes later, by the way. You know, that's good to know. I mean, right? And that's, uh, that's a He moved on to his next victim. His next victim. That's a comforting thought. <laughs> I'll say this, but you know, but it's all like baked in. So like the underground man, almost he 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 he, he has these stories that he's read, and then the other person he expects Lisa to like internalize it all and then know what stories he's reading, and then maybe give it back to him in another prose or yeah, I I don't know. That's literally it was like sixteen pages of that that of, of empty dialogue. That's and, that's yeah. that's what I got out of it. What, that's, yeah. that's that's what it was, and that's why I'm like, I like what is gonna happen next? Because like the rubber finally hit the road at the end. Yeah. Now, now wait. Now, was this a chapter with the with the 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 basement where he's talking about the uh, he's talking about the prostitute? Yeah. That gets, yeah, yeah, pull, yeah. That gets pulled out of the basement. Yeah. So you, yeah you, that's you, three quarters of the way through the chapter. I all right, it is. And he, he talks about the watery grave. He talks about the guys. Go, he talks about the. Because he he talks about because he's lying, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, he's making stuff up as he goes. Yeah, and no, he really does. He says, uh, he says it here. He says, "I saw them carrying a coffin out yesterday, and they nearly dropped it." I suddenly said aloud, "Not that I desired to open the conversation, but as it were by accident, a coffin? Yes, in the Haymarket." They were bringing it up out of a cellar. From a cellar? Not from a cellar, but a basement. Oh, you know, down below, from a house of ill fame, it was filthy all around. Eggshells, little stench, litter stench. It was loathsome, right? So, yeah, and that's here right in this chapter. And then he says, he says later on, he says, so they bury them in water. He's talking about the watery grave. And he says, uh, he's talking about the marsh, the cemetery that's in the marsh. And he says, you can't dig a dry grave in, in a Volcavo Cemetery. Yeah, in Volcavo Cemetery. Yeah. Why? Why? The, why they're, the place is waterlogged. It's a regular marsh. So they bury them in water. And then he says this. He says, I've seen it myself many times. Right? And then... I had never seen it once. <laughs> Indeed, I'd never even been to Volcavo and had only heard stories of it. Like the underground man is so, he's so deeply involved in these narratives and this literature that he, he reads that 
he they become fact to him. I've heard it. And then he says the same thing about the the prostitute, right? When he said he talks about the people, the 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 guards. I heard the guards talking about the prostitute that they knew her, and they were. I think he says that they were going to go drink beers or something to celebrate her Something life. like that. It's such shallow conversation. Well, it is. But then he cl- he claims is true, but it's not. He didn't hear any of that stuff. He says it right here, right in the book. Yeah, I I, I know. It, that it literally was like the whole middle of the chapter, like the be- the beginning was concluding the last chapter. Yeah, and then it was like he's gonna start some conversation, and then right. I was looking forward to something, but nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing. He, nothing. He says here. He says some sledge drivers standing by were talking about her to some soldiers and telling them so. No doubt they knew her. They were laughing. They were going to meet in a pothouse to drink to her memory. A great deal of this was my invention. So he's talking about the great deal of this. This is all his invention. And, you know, here's the thing, though. Like, and here's the stark thing, right? It's almost like the underground man. Is the underground man talking about the prostitute or is he talking about himself? That's deep. I have no idea. Well, like think I, of, I don't, I don't have any idea. Well, because like, okay, so no, like the the book wasn't written in English, right? The book was written in uh, in Russian, and so that word underground, right? Notes from underground. Yeah, that word underground is technically uh, translated in Russian. It's it's translated crawl space or underground space, and it's usually a word that is used to describe a basement or a cellar. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that uh, the underground man actually references here. He's talking about the cellar. Uh, he says, um, "He says I saw them carrying a coffin out yesterday, and they nearly dropped it. And uh, she says, a coffin? And he says, they were bringing it up out of a cellar. You know, and, and that's the thing is, the underground man describes this coffin being drugged out of a cellar. And then and then he he describes how... And then he's talking about the people who bury the coffin, and he's he's trying to elicit these feelings of grief and destruction, you know, because he wants he feels grief because Zerkov has rejected him, and now he wants the he wants uh, Lisa to feel the same exact grief that he felt in front of Zerkov, and so he's describing he's tra- he's describing to Lisa this scene, but how does he know, right? All of his knowledge of prostitutes come from books, but his knowledge of himself, right? He describes these people that they're going to drag the coffin out of the out of the basement, and then uh, he talks about how they um they take it to the cemetery, right? And how uh, they uh, they don't bother to turn the body, you know, like because uh, the he says like the, uh, the it's too wet, so they just throw it in there, and then the the person throws earth on there, and it's forgotten forever. And it seems like he tries to. I I, I thought he was trying to make her angry, because um, he said a wench would have died in a hospital. Oh yeah, right. No, that's true. Well, he does. I mean, he is trying to affect her. But that image, though, that image of being pulled out of a cellar, and 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 because he he ascribes to the prostitute, right? He says he says that the they were going to go to the port house, the porter house. They were going to drink beers and remember her and all. Like the underground man doesn't have anybody to remember him. I no. mean, the people that he meets, right? He, he goes to his boss's house. His boss ain't going to remember who he is. Based on the last few interactions, anybody that meets him from now until death, if these keep up, they're going to remember him. I mean, this guy is unbelievably awkward out in public. Mm. It's 
It is crazy. Yeah. To me. Oh, very much so. Very much so. No, very much so. Um, he's going to get figured out by everybody that he's a fraud. There's no way. This this lady picked him out easily. Um, so yeah. I, I don't know. I wonder what his response is going to be because that's uh, – I don't know. Hopefully it's not more – cliffhangers more cliffhangers man more cliffhangers and he says uh you know he's he, he's he's just he's everything is is weird he, he he paints this picture for her you know um he said he tells her there's still time remember that yeah you know he says time time for he says you're still what? it's like a it's like a piece of um i don't know he's like he's trying to give her like like hope, like lead her into a conversation, like say right. something, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's still like he like for example, he says, There's still time. You're still young, good looking. You might love, you might be married, be happy. Not and and then she says, Not all married women are happy, right? Like yeah. the, the underground man is selling Lisa this dream. Yeah. That he he has no way to cash this check. You know, and the the underground man is about as far away from this dream. I mean she has <laughs> Like the underground man has less of a chance of fulfilling this dream than she does, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's talking to her, he's beating her down rhetorically, and yet you get this like probably Lisa probably has more friends than the underground man. Does the underground man even have any friends? Yeah, he just had to get a loan to go there. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, he had the badger. He had the badger. Uh, the guys to give him money just to be there, right? So she's probably got more friends and more money than he does, and he's he's sitting there just. Just beating on her. He's trying to convince her. Remember, he gives her the he gives her his address. Yep. Right. Yep. And he says, "Well, stop by my address and visit me sometime." Right. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's he's pretty much counting on that never happening. Well, right. No, exactly. He does because that's how he's been treated. Well, and also with the books and the in the literature, right? So when when he reads about something in a book, he doesn't have to worry about someone knocking on his door. You know. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't have to worry about real life getting in the way. Yeah. You know, like uh, with Lisa, because he says she interrupts him. Uh, he says he says um, he says you might be married and might be happy. And she says not all women, married women are happy. That doesn't go with the literary narrative that the under. Yeah. Like, oh, dead end. Just hit that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Dead end, man. Right. Dead end. That's so what, welcome to real life. That's what getting turned down feels like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's right. Right. Man. Uh, and then the um, strikeout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's already. It's just it's incredible what he is is what he says there. He says a lot about her being in debt to her madam. Like it's almost like like yeah. Does he want to know like how much she owes her or how willing she is to be in debt to somebody else? Like. If he can exert some sort of power there, that's mentioned more than once. Yeah, no, it is. I think a lot of that is this. Um, I think a lot of that is the contrast between the man of consciousness and the man of action. Lisa is not a woman of consciousness, and so she's 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 wor- she's concerned about the moment. She's concerned about her needs. She's concerned about the five senses. Is she hungry? Can she get food? Is she is she warm? Can she get a blank ish kit? Can she get cool? Is it dark? Can she get a candle? You know, these are things that are her immediate, you know, like the underground man. See, the man of consciousness is always thinking about possibility and he can never make a decision because 
there are infinite possibilities for every possibility. Mm -hmm. So the underground man is saying, well, you owe money to your madam. Have you ever thought about that? It's going to mean that you're going to have to do something. Have you ever thought about that? Oh, that means that you're going to be in this. Have you ever thought about that? Right? She's not really thinking about that, man. She's like the, you know, she's the man of action. So she's thinking, hey, I'm hungry. I need to eat. Right? Like, that's where she's at. And so this whole thing, like... Clearly, in this chapter, the underground man is a rhetorical hammer. I mean, she's the nail, and he's the hammer, and he's got the rhetoric, and he's got the rhetoric. He is top-notch. And yet, at the same time, like, very little of what he's saying, like, you know, it's not real emotion. Because you can read five pages about how wonderful family is and generally agree, but underground man knows nothing about family, you know? Yeah. No, it's this is kind of like someone having a degree and walking into Taco Bell and thinking they're going to get the manager's position. Right. And really don't matter that you have a business degree. There you go. Right. That's <laughs> right. Right. There you go. You know, let me show you my uh, certifications, right? Yeah. Yeah. Certifications don't matter much in Foxhole, do they? <laughs> no. Right. No, they don't. Yeah. Mm. You know, and so the, um, and for the underground man, it's just a power dynamic anyway. He says here, he says, uh, he talks about, um, he's most proud of just influencing our emotions. He says, indeed, it's easy to turn a young soul like that. It was the exercise of my power that attracted me most. You know, it's the exercise of his power. You know, it's one of those reasons why, uh, for example, it's one of those reasons why um, he talks so much in the chapter. He uh, He wants to hear the sound of his own voice after being subjected underneath Zirkov for all, all that time. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he's, he's trying to get that balance back like we were talking about earlier. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. Trying to get that balance back. And maybe this was a good target because he saw it was somebody he could do that to. Well, it's the same thing in the uh, uh, with the um, uh, with the uh, the driver. Remember the driver? He mm. it's it, it it's with the money, right? Finances. Right. He uses his finances to put the driver in a position where he can abuse them, right? And then with uh, with Lisa, he pays the prostitute money to put her in a position where she can't be too aggressive, she can't leave, right? And she can't she can't throw him out. Right. So she's basically like they're staring at each other at two o'clock in the morning, you know, looking at each other in bed. And she's basically kind of waiting for him to leave. She's she kind of has to sit around and wait for him to talk, you know. So the underground man uses he uses these uh, social situations, you know, like he's completely overwhelmed and totally lost when he's in these voluntary situations. He's trying to affect himself. And then he, he puts people in these financial positions where they they're kind of they, they don't have the power, you know. Like, he has the power. He can just talk and opine and just go on and on and on. Well, there's no other way to back somebody into a corner. That's that's the only way that you can do that. That's the only way that you can control somebody's time is with money. And he's, he sees that. He knows that. He knows that? Yeah. Yeah. Say a little more on that. Um, I mean, think about, like, if you're working, what are you doing? You know, you're you're selling your time. Yeah, that's a good point. Why are you subject to your boss because of the salary you earn mm. not you may not respect the person but you respect the position because that position pays your salary right right that's so that's right. that's how you can that's how you can exert power over people is to control money i mean that's why it's the love of money is the root of all evil yeah um because it goes to people's heads it does um 
and it gets used for all sorts of different things. Money is really just a, a way that we can uh, exchange um, goods and services back and forth. Mm. But unfortunately, it gets used for things like this, you know, uh, immoral things or, or different ways uh, to influence whatever you want. An election, for example. Right, right. You know, or a sure. narrative um, yeah. in the country. Um, here it's a micro use of it. We have macro uses elsewhere, but mm. it's just he's just using it for for his own influence purposes. Yeah, no, he he does. He always says it's interesting. He says here, <clears throat> he uh, he says I must take the right tone. Yeah, I may not get far with sentimentality. You know, he's thinking about how he's going to manipulate the situation. You know, he says, I swear she really did interest me. You know, he, he, he's, she really does interest him. But the, the underground man has no way. He's got no way to break through. Exactly. He's got no way to break through. There's no, he doesn't have any means to actually establish any connection there. And he's smart enough to know it, too. But too stupid to back away. Gee, that sounds a lot like last chapter. Right, right, right. That's true, yeah. Should have just left. Just like the last chapter. <laughs> right, very good. That's right, yeah, absolutely. Um that's why the ending was so funny because it, it was almost like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> this is wait a bit. I'm like, oh, no. Right, no doubt. No doubt. You're going to love the next chapter there. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And um, no, that's really true. And so just interesting. And even he even brings God into it. I mean, really. I mean, when Lisa talks about being sold into prostitution. Mm-hmm. And she she mentions the possibility that you know some families sell their children into prostitution, and uh, he even brings this. He says uh, he says such a thing, Lisa, happens in those accursed families in which there is neither there is neither love nor God, mm-hmm. right? And where there is no love, there is no sense either, mm-hmm. right? You know, which is interesting because we go back into the part one where the underground man doesn't ascribe to himself you know sense you know he's looking for god because he wants to be sensical you know he he can't he can't he can't come up with that on his own right now he goes through describing every little bit of perfect life like are you trying to convince her you know exactly what this looks like and uh you got this like what are you doing here right no he does he goes into some interesting almost like he's trying to like live out a life that he knows he can never have right yeah no exactly you know and then it, the thing is is that he and he expects lisa to play not along. only recognize yeah but play along yeah but that the thing is is that you see you got to remember that's a noble thing as long as the abstraction is of greater value than the thing itself. That is not the role play you usually pay these people for. That's all I'm saying. The, what's that? That's not the role play you generally pay these people for. You're right. That you're ge- this is a little... He, this guy is strange. He's very weird. He's got a lot to say, and then again, at the same time, nothing at all to say. Right. Well, Nothing. But in the first part, see, paralyzing, the paralysis that comes... From overanalyzing, because when you over when you analyze each possible each possible solution, and that's the thing from part one, not everybody can see. See, it's not that the man of strength or the man of action that he has all these possibilities and he chooses 
not to take them, right? That's not the case. The man of action does what he does because that's what he does. He's like the man of action is like Popeye, okay? Like, <laughs> like I am what I am, and that's all that I am. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man, right? Right. So like Popeye can't be like another guy because he can only be what he is, right? I am what I am, and that's all that I am. I mean, that's like his life philosophy, and so. Mm-hmm. He's Popeye. He's not like looking around and going, well, I could be this guy. You know, I could be anybody I want to be, but I choose to be Popeye. You know, right? No, 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 no. Right? Like Popeye is just Popeye. So the the man of consciousness can be like, and and he can be, right? The the underground man can be anybody he wants because he's got all the literature and the rhetoric. He wants to be a family man. Lisa, let me tell you about the family. Right? And then he paints this amazing picture. And he, he talk he, he talks about uh, cause and effect, and he, he's painting the picture of a you know we're, we're all gonna cry because we're all gonna uh, grieving over this dead prostitute that's uh, gonna get thrown into a watery grave, right? You know, like all this is just fake. It's just all coming from like a book somewhere, and so yeah, like it's that, and it's the underground man's ability to see it all. He can see the different possibilities of every single action that he can empathize and he can internalize all these sources, all these literary sources and these imaginary sources, right? That's where he finds God's love, right? When he's, when, when he's alone in the basement and he's thinking, you know, he, he has no ability to love a person, right? Like he, he has zero ability to connect with Lisa, and yet he can sit in his apartment and he can say, oh, I just have such a wonderful love of God for all people. I just, I, I love the people, right? And he wants to be able to love people like God loves people. He wants that love. And yet he can't establish a connection with a single person. Right. It's just not there. Yeah. No, he wants to be known for everything that he knows and everything that he's read and all the experiences that he's read about but hasn't experienced and wants to be notable but he he could not be less notable he couldn't be more forgettable if he tried he couldn't be more undesirable to be around if he tried like what he's shooting for is the exact opposite of what he's achieving by trying so hard to get there like by trying so hard to get there yeah it's kind of ironic yeah, you know, in a lot of ways. Yep, in a lot of ways. You know, there's, there's this, there's this kind of unspoken theme. You know, a little bit about small communities, and that it makes me think sometimes about small communities because we both grew up in small communities. Mm-hmm. You have people that check you on things. You know, that uh, you know people like you know my wife and my family and my friends will tell me at times they'll they'll tell me things that I don't want to hear, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing. You know, I've learned to have a sense of humor about it. Oh yeah. You know, I'll nod my head. I'll say, yeah, actually, you know, like at this point in my life, I've been told pretty much all the bad stuff and I've pretty much accepted it. And I go, oh, yeah, that's true. You know, that's that's true. I'm a deficient human being. And this is also <laughs> this is true. It's a true thing. Yeah. So, you know, so, you know, I've learned to laugh about it. And then and, but then but you get there. That doesn't mean that that was always default, though. Hmm. There's always there could be someone else out there or if it was me in a different environment, then, you know, I might have learned to internalize that. Uh, you know, to take myself too seriously or to, um, you know, or, or to not or to understand myself in unhealthy ways. And, and, and what does that look like when 
you know, what would my life look like? What would I look like? What what would things look like if you take it out to the, to the nth degree? And that's a lot of what this book is. I mean, right? This book is a, you know, a reaction to nihilism. Like, okay, we're going to look at life as a nihilistic affair. This is what that looks like when you do it. When you take it and you, you stretch it right out to the end of the process, this is where that takes you. Mm. Yeah. yeah, rather than just living it and letting it be. Right. And then... And, and Today's then, problems are sufficient for today yeah sure sure right yeah that's right and then you know living and then experiencing and then basing your next like what will you do tomorrow like you can think about i can think of five things that will happen right but that you know actually just going to bed and getting good rest and getting up and then embracing it is going to be a much more useful and concrete experience than just extrapolating it and i think that's the key too you know like if you extrapolate it and overthink it then you never make the decision you know you get to a point, the underground man in the first part of the book gets to a point where he says it is not possible for the man of consciousness to make a decision. Yeah. And in these chapters, to see that lived out, right? Right? Like he cannot make a decision. You hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know what else to say to that. That's the first part of the book is the thinking about doing the second part of the book. Yeah. No, I mean, it really it's, is. It's brought to life. No, it really is. He talks, and it, I see it in the way, the way that the underground man lies, right? When he lies, because he he talks about um, he talks about not not going to the cemetery, not knowing the uh, guards, and he even talks about knowing the woman, right? He talks about the um, about. Remember at the end of the chapter, he talks about the quarreling women. He yeah. says, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, uh, gotcha. yeah, yeah." Uh, in those early days, even quarrels with one's husband end happily. Right, he doesn't. He doesn't know about this. Right, how does the underground man know about this? That's how it ends in books. So that's right. You must, got it. Must be that way in the real world. Some women get get caught get get up with quarrels with their husbands just because they love them. Indeed, I knew a woman like that. Right. I mean, so yeah. you know, everything he thinks about becomes knowledge. Right. His thought world is the real world, and that's why the underground man thinks. That's why he thinks that sitting in a basement apartment, abstracting his love for all of humanity is God's love. Yeah. And yet, when he comes out into the real world to meet people, he can't engage with a single person. Right. right? And so he's he's abstracted everything. So to the point where he, where he's got to the point where he, you know, the only way that he can even have God's love come into his life is by deconstructing and rejecting every single thing in the physical world, right? Like, it's kind of like if I reject everything in the physical world, like you show me the perfect piece of architecture that that goes a long way towards proving that we can, you know, make turn man into a piano key, I will destroy it because right. everything physical I will deconstruct and crush, right? Yeah. And so the only thing that's left is God, right? Yeah. So, like, that's... That that's where his, that's the only way that he can find it. I mean, is is by hating and destroying and rejecting, right? Instead of embracing, because it's it's in a full embrace of God's love that you're going to deal with people. You're going to love the individual like God loves the individual. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. Maybe he's got higher standards than than everybody else, or I I don't know. I cannot. I can't figure him out. The underground man. Yeah, I, everybody's different. So and, and I. I guess I uh I don't look at anybody and and uh, you know judge them so to speak. Um I, I just decide whether or not I want to be around that person. This guy's kind of weird. 
So I would really wouldn't want to hang out with him all yeah, the time. Yeah, you would not want to hang out with him all the time. No. Well, that's the thing, though, is that neither would Zerkoff. And so he would actually, the underground man would insert himself into your life, right? You wouldn't get a choice. You're not going to knock on the door, you know, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, the, he's not going to come in and offer to clean your carpet. Grabs with my coat, we're going to have problems. Right, right. There you go. There you go, right? And so, yeah, you know, and then... Uh, but even uh, so, he would insert himself into the life, and because everything is is kind of fake, you know. Look at this quote here, and then the the end of the chapter here. Mm. He says, "Look at this quote." He says, "Yes, Lisa, one must first learn to live oneself before one can blame others." Wow, hypocrite! Uh, that's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm, again, I can't get over this dude. The amount of I had more to say about him. Okay. Yep. Then I do now. I in the second part of the book. Yep. In the first part of the book, I I could say a lot more about him than I can right now because this it just leaves you with no words. It's like watching a bad uh like episode of Jerry Springer. You're just like, yeah. what in the world is going on? Like, what led you to this? Right. Yeah. How are you here? How are you here? Right. See, and this is why. Like before you open the book, right? If someone gives you a copy of the book. And they, they, you would think that, okay, I want to read about the guy's life first, and then after I read about his life and I get to know him a little bit, then we can read about his inner mind, right? Well, Dostoevsky puts this all in its head, right? Yeah. By the time we get to chapter two, like, I, I just about, I almost respect the guy, right? <laughs> I mean, am, 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 am I out of my... I, I had one point of respect for him, which was when he finally stood, it was last chapter. Okay. When I was like, all right, you're finally being real. All right, maybe awkward. Right. Maybe maybe weird. Sure. But at least you're being you. <laughs> right. Like, keep doing that. You're going to be on the path to success. Yeah. You'll, you'll eventually learn, you know, what to do and what not to do and how to interact with society. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I suppose you could respect him early on in the book for his moral standing, you know. Be like, yeah, you're right. You, you are kind of little bit better a little little better red than some of those people or yeah whatnot. you know some of the, the some of these uh, uh you know it, it's it, and it's a little bit different because a lot of times you look at it and then you know that Dostoevsky's writing you say wow Dostoevsky's a real smart guy right right but then you know you look at the underground man and some of these uh connections that he makes between different events and you go man this guy is really deep thinker like this guy is sees things that other people don't see and I think the thing with the 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 book that really comes down to it is it's shocking to see how, like, there's no end to it. Like, there's no end. Like, what is the end result? Like, what is the end quantifiable, right? Is it family, love, marriage? Is it, Like, in this chapter, he's talking about people dragging out the coffin out of the cellar, and then he's talking about the watery grave. That might be the end. Yeah. And <laughs> the thing is, is there is so much observation, and there's so much clever abstraction in the first part of this book that it's it's breathtaking and yet what is the end result of all this right is it is a watery grave yeah not 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 a whole heck of a lot no and even the watery grave is abstracted because the underground man himself has never actually been to the cemetery so he doesn't know (laughs) yeah you know but yeah and so all this abstraction just leads to just this watery grave i mean and so this this whole thing and and even and then of course which is Absolutely classic Dostoevsky. At the end of the chapter, you know, she says, uh, she says, you know, why you speak, you speak somehow like a book, 
You know, mm-hmm. she says, you know, and uh, because she says about five and a half words throughout the whole chapter, and the underground man spends the entire rest of the chapter talking, and yet she's those words that she says are like so hard hitting and authentic, and they are so absolutely concrete. And the underground man has said about fifty thousand words. And, you know, probably like I have, you know, in the past hour, you know, right? And they don't mean anything, right? So there they are. (laughs) (laughs) Told you. I learned to sit back and just listen. Yeah, no, I know. It's true. true. I don't know the book as well as you do. You put me on a different topic. I will be the No, it's, well, no, no, I hear you. No, and that's true. And so I feel like I have to, I'm going to say, I feel like I have to point out some other podcasts. Go to this podcast and then Steve will be very talkative in this podcast, right? You know? (laughs) Oh, you don't have to worry. I'll point him out. You'll point them out. I'm sure. No, I hear you. I'm sure you will. I know it because that's one thing. I'm 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 looking at all this and I'm talking. I'm going, wow. The underground man likes to hear himself talk. I go, man. People are probably sitting at home thinking the same thing about me. Like, yeah, Tom. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. That's right. They go. They go, man. They go, hey. Uh, it's, it, you know, you wait. We'll get our first piece of fan mail. It's going to be a mirror. It's going to say, look at oh, the uh, <laughs> mirror. Right. Look at one side of himself. The problem is, is you're the. You're more of the man of consciousness than I am. I, I read this stuff, and I, you know, to be honest, I, I would have never read this book. It would have never come across my path if you hadn't brought it to me, because it's, it's so deep, you know. And I don't know. I, I pick a book by its cover. I'm like, ooh, this shiny colors. <laughs> like, I'll read it. Look, I like shiny things. It's got pictures in it. <laughs> right, right, right. There you go. Right. That's this it. This is like you actually. This this book takes work. Yeah, yeah, no, it does, it does, you know, and it's a thrill too. It's a real thrill, and it, it's a real great. Uh, it's great to have the uh, the the f- um, the structure of the podcast because it really it, it keeps us uh, accountable, right? In terms of uh, being able, of terms of talking it out and, and such. But um, oh yeah, no, if you if you're gonna work to talk a book out, yeah, if you, you know. do this one, man, oh yeah, you no, get through I- anything. Uh, there you go, right? And all the great themes in Dostoevsky's work are found in this book. So if you can read this book and you're like, hey, this is a good deal for me, if you can do that, you can pick up the other books and read them. Crime and Punishment, totally recommended, right? I mean, The Idiot, uh, 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 Brothers Karmazov. Yeah, see, The Idiot, That's that's got... That sounds readable to me. That sounds readable. That's a good. One. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, here we go. And maybe we'll do them. You know, I mean, I got about fifty thousand books in my head that I'd like to be able to go through and podcast <laughs> out. But you know, eventually we'll have to revisit some Dostoevsky. It'd be pretty great. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and it's a thrill. It's a real thrill to get to work through it and uh, to be able to talk it out. And uh, it's been wonderful. I've uh, I learned a lot, and I hope you are too, sitting at home. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the. What is the, but wait, there's more at the end here. Oh, man, you're going to love the next chapter. Chapter 7. Oh, you're going to love this one. (laughs) Oh, man, all right, here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back, and we will dive into chapter number 7, which is called, I believe it's titled, The Chapter That Steve Will Love. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Until next time, thank you for joining us on the Blunderground Railroad. Thank you for joining Tom and Steve on the Blunderground Railroad. Join us next time as we seek to travel from ignorance to knowledge. And check out their other podcasts, Notes from Blunderground and the Digital Blunderground. See you next time.